last week we talked about uh, digital idolatry, and so this, this is your first Sunday with us. We talked last week about how we're regularly tempted to use our phones for comfort and peace instead of going to God. Now, why are we talking about phones? Uh, guys, we generally work through a passage of scripture. Uh, we've been working through entire books of the Bible for the past year, uh, but we'll occasionally take breaks and talk about something that uh, ha- usually that I've been struggling with or that's been affecting me or people around me so that I know you guys are probably struggling with it as well. There's no shame in that. Uh, but we've been looking at this idea of digital idolatry and how our, our devices are tools that feed the comfort idol. So when we're stressed, when we're distressed, uh, sometimes we use our phones or our screens or our video games kind of like a pacifier. Uh, we go to those things for comfort instead of going to God. And we talked about that last week. And last week, I challenged all of us, myself included, to put down our phones uh, for optional media. So things like Netflix and games, uh, and, you know, doom scrolling and social media. I really want to know how that week was for you. So we're going to have a little question and answer sort of. I want you guys to give me, it's not a rhetorical question, I want you to give me some response. How was this week for you if you did that? How did you do in that area? Would somebody like to share? Is somebody bold enough to share first? Go ahead. I did well. (laughs) How was it? Explain to me. It didn't bother me at all, but it was kind of funny. Like on the third day, I actually opened my Facebook app just out of like that morning. I just opened it out of like. Habit. Habit, yeah. Yeah. I shut it down, but... Then you were like, what am I doing? Yeah, it was an issue. Yeah, so you, did you feel kind of like... I mean, that I had a similar thing. It wasn't that big of a deal. It felt like I was actually going back to like 2005 before I had an iPhone. It was pretty nice. How how else was it for you? Was it was it hard? Was it challenging? Was it good? Give me some... Go ahead, David. Does it have to count? Well, it's been a full week of it. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I heard off well, but halfway through... It became a struggle. Why did it become a struggle? Like, like what part of it? Uh, just probably stress-related, honestly. Yeah, just wanting to rest and kind of going to that thing yeah. for rest. Man, so yeah, that's a real struggle. I had that on, on Thursday. I was uh, laying in bed because I have to lay to bed to put my daughter to sleep, my three-year-old. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I just want to watch something or like, you know, scroll the news and stuff. And it'd be really nice to do this. And I was tempted to do that. And so... Any, anybody else? Anybody else want to share how it was for them this week? All righty. Well, for me, I read a book for the first time in a long, not for the first time ever, <laughs> for the first time in a long time, I read a book, which guys, I haven't done in, I mean, I've read books for ministry and, and preparing sermons and things, but like just reading a book uh, and I'm almost done with it. I've gotten this big 400 page book, almost done for the week. And it's like, I haven't done that in years just for fun, just for the heck of it. I I was playing with my kids more. I was engaged with them more in the evening. But the funny thing is, is is Doug had a similar response to you, Eric. There were times where when there was a lull in my life where I wasn't doing anything, where I would subconsciously just pull up my phone and start getting on social media and start scrolling around. And I would realize, like, what am I doing? And I just realized how crazy that is. Like, it's hardwired into our, our psyche right now to go to these things. It's become such a habit. 
It's become such a distraction that we don't even have to think about picking these things up and going to them anymore. Our body just does it. We, we are a culture who is addicted to distraction. We talked about digital idolatry last week. This idea of using our phones, using our video game controllers, using our computers as a source of comfort instead of going to God for comfort and joy and peace and rest and satisfaction. Today I want to hit the topic from a little bit of a different angle. This is kind of part two. Last week we talked about digital idolatry, which I encourage you to listen to that. This week we're going to talk about digital distraction. How we're so prone to distract ourselves. We run to distraction. And I want to talk about why. Why do we do that? What does the Bible say about distractions and how might we live a life undistracted? And a lot of what we're looking at today is from Tony Rinke's book. It's a great book. It's called 12 Ways Your Smartphone is Changing You. 12 Ways Your Smartphone is Changing You. I encourage you to read it. It's a very profound book, a lot of scientific study in there, a lot of theology in there. It's very good. And he he gives a number of reasons as to why we run to digital distractions. You may run to your screen to keep work away. That's one thing he says. We run to our screens to keep work away. We are a culture of procrastinators. You are a procrastinator or you're married to a procrastinator, one or the other. We tend to put hard work off, work deadlines, hard conversations, doing the dishes, school projects and papers. When life becomes demanding, our phone starts to whisper to us, do you you want to get away for a while? You just want to get away from all this for just, 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 you know, 20 minutes to three hours. You just want to, you want to get away just for a little bit of time. We use it to keep work away. We use it to keep people away. Unchecked distractions, we use them to keep people away. We use our phones to get away from talking to strangers. If you ever ride the RTD, what are 80% of the people doing? They're looking down on their phone, which essentially is a nonverbal way of saying, don't talk to me. If you've ever been in an elevator with one other person, You pick up your phone and you pretend to be doing something busy, right? So you don't have to talk to that other person. We do it at work. We do it at home. We use our phones to get away. When your husband goes to the bathroom for 30 minutes, he's not going to the bathroom for 30 minutes. That is his hideout. That is his man cave of sorts where he goes and he gets on his phone and he scrolls. He scrolls away. I know you guys do that. I don't do that, but you do that. But you scroll, and, and, and it's just to get away, get away from kids, get away from people. We just, we just use it to get away from, from hard work. We use it to get away from people, and we use it to get away from hard things. Stressed? Had a bad day at work? Has someone treated you poorly? Are you anxious about something? It's tempting to run to a digital distraction. Much like an alcoholic would with booze. You know, just to numb that that stress, numb that pain. I just don't want to think about this for a little bit, so I'm going to distract myself. I'm going to get away from the real world and jump into this digital world. 
17th century philosopher Blaise Pascal saw this as a major spiritual issue. And he observed the distracted souls of his day, people who busied themselves with things like hunting and things like gambling and games. And Pascal said, if you take their diversions away, you see them dried up with weariness because they will have to face their own miseries and the perplexities of life and death. So people apart from God, they distract themselves from having to think about the eternal and pain and suffering and the weight of that, what to do with that. He adds this, I've discovered that all unhappiness of men arises from one single fact. They cannot stay quietly in their own chamber. He says, part of our unhappiness comes from the fact that we don't like to be alone in our thoughts because that means we have to think about difficult things, stressful things, hard things. Man, I don't like to be quiet in my car. I like to listen to a lot of podcasts. I like to listen to the radio. Just to be quiet, I just start thinking about things. My mind is wandering. I start processing things maybe that cause me stress, cause me distress and anxiety. Therefore, we become lovers of noise. We're slaves to the alert, that little bing. We are distracted people. We have spiritual ADD. And that's a problem. That's a problem. Scripture warns us against this. In Scripture, distract, a distraction is seen as anything pressing that diverts our minds and hearts from what is most significant. The New Testament warns us about the effects of distractions, that those things really affect our soul and what God desires for us. Here's a first point. Unchecked distractions close off communion with God. We've all read the story of Martha, but turn to Luke 10. Turn to Luke 10. We're going to start our, our biblical journey here. You've probably read this story. I've always sympathized, empathized with Martha. She wanted to serve Jesus. What's the big deal here? Shouldn't we serve Jesus? But look at, look at 10, 38, and 42. Luke 10, 38, and 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But check out verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Underline that word, distracted with much serving. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. This isn't an issue of should we serve Jesus or not. We, we, we see that all over scripture. This is more about communing with Jesus, being with Jesus, and Martha is so distracted by her table service for others, she misses the importance of Christ being in her midst, which is kind of a warning to us. We can be, I can be so distracted doing this job as pastor that I can even miss just being with God. 
being in relationship with my father, communing with Jesus. That can even become a distraction. We can let noisy distractions overtake our lives in ways that make it difficult to hear the voice of God. Because when we're regularly distracted, we fail to regularly listen. We fail to regularly pray. And that creates a sense of distance between us and God. And I've had it time and time again. Man, I don't feel close to God right now. I don't feel close to God. Well, well, what are you running to for comfort? What are you doing in your free time? How are you? Are you spending time in prayer, in God's word, getting to, to know him? Because there he reveals himself to us. And that's where we hear his voice. And we may not be too busy to serve tables, or we may not be, we may not be too busy serving tables to stop and sit at Jesus' feet, but we fub God all the time. Now, I, I said fub, P-H-U-B, not swearing up here. It's called fubbing. You ever heard of fubbing before? It's a term. It's a popular term right now. Fubbing represents the act of snubbing someone in a social setting by concentrating on one's phone instead of talking to that person directly. So phone plus snubbing equals fubbing. I was fubbed at the gas station the other day by the gas station attendant. I had my, uh, I had my drinks up there. Uh, not drink, I wasn't purchasing, yeah, but I had my, drink, my drinks there, my, my Gatorade, I don't know. Uh, and I go up and I put him down and, and he's just sitting there on his phone. Doesn't even look up to me. He's like, hey, you doing today? And that'll be 3.98 and I'm just sitting there and I wait for about 15 seconds because he doesn't tell me to put, you know, when they usually say, hey, please insert your card. It was just, he just assumed that I would do that. So I, I kind of do that. He's like, you need a bag? You know, thanks, have a good day. And the entire, you know, minute to two minute conversation, he didn't look at me in the eye. He wasn't speaking to me. I wonder if that's how God feels with us sometimes. Hey, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. Hey, I want you to know me. I, I, I want to talk to you. And we just kind of sit there scrolling, 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 distracting ourselves, entertaining ourselves. And God's like, I, 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 I can see you're busy. I make me flub God sometimes. Unchecked distractions close off communion with God. Unchecked distractions keep us also from being urgent. From being urgent. Turn to 1 Corinthians 7. We're going to jump over to 1 Corinthians 7. And go to verse 32. This is, uh, single people love this passage. Uh, and so, and I'll kind of bring it around to how it deals with the digital life because it's talking about singleness and, and marriage, but, but there's, there's a good uh, a good theology of distraction here and why they can be dangerous. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, verse 32. Look at verse 32. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord. He's worried about what God desires, how to please the Lord. Verse 33, but the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. 
And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Like I said, single people love this passage, right? No, it's, but it's this idea that marriage, man, I, do not get me wrong here. We've preached on this before. You can go back and listen. Marriage is a, a gift, but marriage is not our ultimate end in life. But our thoughts about marriage need to be filtered through Paul's thoughts on time. Look at verse 29 real quick in the same chapter. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. Now jump down to verse 31, the end of verse 31. For the present form of this world is passing away. So this is all in the context of, of time. Paul is saying Jesus' return is imminent. It could happen at any moment. So we're called to be productive, on our toes, ready, diligent, doing the work that pleases our Lord, worshiping together, serving together, sharing the gospel, making disciples, etc. And marriage can distract us at times from pursuing those endeavors. And, and yes, being married has helped me do these things in numerous different ways. It's enriched my ministry, being married to my wife, Megan. But in other ways, you know, being married, having a family, it does divide your attention, especially if we're not purposeful. Things like mortgages, budgets, job security, material possessions, home makeovers, the sheer amount of driving involved with having kids and extracurricular activities. I wouldn't be worried about those things if I was single. My attention is divided. It's just a practical nature of reality. Those responsibilities can distract me from the spiritual reality that Christ's return is imminent and there's work to do. Now, I think most of us are called to marriage, but, but, but let's bring this back around. Can you see how this conversation applies to any distraction, including our, our digital distractions? And here's the funny part. Marriage is a good thing to pursue. Marriage is a reflection of, of Christ's love for the church. And even with that, Paul's like, I just want you to think about it. I just want you to think about how it may impact your life and ministry. What do you think he would say about the amount of time we spend on our phones? <laughs> He'd probably say, man, if that thing is keeping you from making disciples, if that thing is keeping you from growing in Christ, if that thing is keeping you from, from urgency, from doing his will now, from being obedient now, from for, for living a, a productive life through, through obedience now, pursuing his mission now, if that thing is holding you back, you may want to think about putting it down more. You may want to think about lessening the amount of time you spend on your phone. Soccer games are 90 minutes long usually. 
But there's always at the end of a soccer game what's called stoppage time. Now, if you've ever watched soccer or played soccer, you, you may be like, well, the game was supposed to be over and there's all this extra time. And it's usually about five, anywhere from five to 10 minutes. Well, it's, it's time that was accrued during the game for, for injuries and substitutions. And, and they add it to the end of the 90 minutes. And again, like I said, it's usually about five to 10 minutes, but especially if you're playing, uh, you know, you're not a professional soccer player, you don't know when the game is going to end. You just know you're in stoppage time. If you ever played soccer, that time is a time to hustle. <laughs> it's a time to work. It's a time to be urgent. It's a time to focus on what matters most in that short time because you know the whistle is going to blow any minute. You just don't know what minute it's going to blow. Imagine if you would see your goalie in the box, flipping through social media and taking a selfie. You'd be like, you are nuts. Get in the stinking game. You'd be like, get the game, man. Put that down. Get your, get your head in the game. The clock on God's redemptive timeline is past 90 minutes. We are in stoppage time right now. The return of Jesus is imminent. It could happen in 50 years, five years, five minutes, five seconds. We are in stoppage time. We don't know the date, but we know we are in the end days. We know that his return is imminent, so put down which, that which distracts you and, and get in the game. Unchecked digital distractions, they keep us from knowing God, from communing with God, and from being urgent in these last days. And so here's the question I have for you. It's a real question. And I want you to be honest. We did a bunch of questions last week just to kind of diagnose our hearts with this area. But, but are you addicted to distraction? Are you addicted to distraction? And here's some questions that maybe help you out with that. Do my smartphone habits distract me from genuine communion with God? Do my smartphone habits distract me with genuine communion from God? Do my smartphone habits provide an easy escape from thinking about hard but important things? Do my, smart, do my smartphone habits rob God of opportunities to speak into my life? Do my smartphone habits build up the body of Christ? Do my smartphone habits nourish my heart and benefit others? Do my smartphone habits disengage me from the needs of others that God has placed in front of me? Guys, if we find our answers lacking here, we need to fight for an undistracted heart. And part of that is like we did last week. We need to put that thing down. And it's impossible to do that at all times. I know we do our work through it. We, we text each other. Uh, but, but when it comes to just wasting time, we need, to, we need to put that thing down. We talked about that last week, and we challenged each other to do that last week. But there's more to it than that. It's not just about not looking at your phone. One author notes, if we merely exercise one digital distraction from our lives, 
without replacing it with a newer, healthier habit, seven more distractions will take its place. So there were people who were distracted by other things before the phone came around. And if we replace our phones with, you know, reading books or exercising or knitting or, or working on your car and we use those things as a diversion that keeps us away from people, that keeps us from communing with God, if we use those things in a similar unhealthy way, we're, we're really back to where we started. So it can't just be about putting that thing down. It needs to be about replacing that action, that time with, with a healthy habit that nourishes our soul and honors God and his will for our life. And so it's not just about not looking down. It's about looking up and it's about looking out. Here, here's what I mean. I'll be practical here because I, I want to be as practical as possible. So instead of looking down on your phone this week to watch Netflix, maybe spend 20 minutes in God's word first. Ask him to give you a bigger picture of him and what we should be doing today to honor him and further his mission. It's the idea of don't look down, look up. Then make the decision or not whether to watch Stranger Things. We did finish that before this week. <laughs> Instead of doom scrolling the news with your head down, which is a favorite pastime for men in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, is just to look at the news, 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 worry, get mad, post online, repeat, look at the news, look at the news. Instead of doing that, why don't you spend 20 minutes in prayer? Praying for our world. Praying for others to see Jesus for who he is. Praying for your neighbor. Praying for this church, to, for God to work through it. Praying for this city. Then decide. You know, look out. Then decide whether or not spending two hours on a somewhat biased media outlet is good for your soul. You know, instead of listening to your favorite podcast about your favorite show, which is a ridiculous thing people do. People listen to people talking about what they watch. So people listen. I listen to other people talk about the television show that, that those people are watching. It's not enough for me to watch the show. I got to hear other people talk about that show now, which is crazy in and of itself. Why don't you turn off the podcast on your way to work? And just spend time thanking God. Thanking God for who he is, for what he's done, for the blessings you have in your life. Some of the most unhappy people on this planet are people who cease to be thankful or who've forgotten how to be thankful. It's the idea of putting it down and, and looking up. Instead of posting something or updating your status on social media, Spend 20 minutes writing a text, telling someone that you are, are thankful for them and, and you see God working in their life. It's the idea of looking out instead of looking down. Or make a phone call. Do you remember those? 
We used to make phone calls. We actually used to write letters. And, and before that, we even talked to people. But tell somebody, say, hey, I'm not going to do this. I don't need to talk about myself, post about myself right now. I'm going to look out and I'm going to encourage someone else. Then maybe ask, do I need to really brag about myself again, about how hashtag blessed I am or how good everything is? Or, or can I maybe spend this time looking out? You know, instead of locking yourself in your room playing World of Warcraft for three hours, why don't you look out, go outside, and wage spiritual war? Serve your neighbors. Love your neighbors. Invite them to dinner, to work out, to hang out, so that you may share the love of Christ with them. And then ask the question, is this game really benefiting me in ways that matter? It's the idea of don't, don't, don't just not look down. We need to use those things, those times as opportunities to look up, and to look out. And don't get me wrong, there's a time to rest and dive into leisure. I'm going to watch football today. It's gonna to happen. I'm gonna watch some football today, I'm gonna to rest. There's, there's, there's a time for that, but I'm not a legalist. I'm not saying, you know, every time you pick up your phone, man, you're just a sinner. Like, I, that's, that's not what I'm trying to say here, but just, just imagine if we spent as much time pursuing God and honoring God, living for God in our lives as we do on the screen. So if you would look at your phone and say, I've spent uh, 12 hours this week looking at my phone. Imagine if we all spent the, the same amount of time in prayer, in fellowship, in service of the Lord, on mission. I think there'd be stinking revival in this city. I think you would see a church transformed, you would see a town transformed. I know my life would look very different. I know my life would look very different. God wants you to know him. God wants you to live with urgency. And so are you willing to lay down things that keep you from that? Because he laid down his son's life to save you. And if he laid down his son's life to save you, I think we can lay down our phones to know him better and serve him better. Jesus died so that we could be saved and know him forever. He wants our hearts and he wants to use us. His death and resurrection has marked the beginning of the end. His return is imminent. Get off your phone. There's work to do, people to love, a mission to accomplish, and a God to glorify. Amen?